Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning with Ask a Windermere Coach. And on occasion, I'll be joined by Nick Hansen, Doug Simcock, and Eric Thompson. On this podcast, we want to talk about how to create great work-life balance and epic customer service in the real estate industry. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning, and this is Ask a Windermere Coach podcast. And this is our episode 12. And I'm so excited today to have Kiama Lise Harris with us today. And uh, Kiyama is on, in her seventh year of real estate, and uh, this year she had one of her best years in 2020. But I got to tell you, I've known Kiyama since the beginning, and I know that she's had very great years moving forward all the way up and doing phenomenally well. And uh, you also might know Kiyama. She is somebody who uh, did most of the legwork to really establish what we know today as our Windermere Equestrian Program, and she'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and as you know, with this podcast, we like to talk about epic client service and living work-life balance. And Kiyama has a great story about that. And so, Kiyama, I want to thank you for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So, Kiyama, you and I met uh, in 2014, uh, mm-hmm. and that was and that was your first year. Tell me a little bit about kind of what made you kind of move into real estate and kind of tell me the, a little bit of that story. Yeah, I had been a a stay-at-home mom. I have two kids. Now they're in college and graduated from college. But at the time, I had, you know, two kids at home. And I'd been a stay-at-home mom from the very beginning. And I had done some little businesses from home along the way. But my husband was basically the the sole provider for our family for a long time. And I always had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to try something like real estate. But I didn't, uh, you know, I always... I, I, I couldn't even tell you why I thought that at the time. I just thought it sounded alluring and appealing and, wow, I, I think I might really like that. It's exciting. Um, but that's about as far as it went. And then the day that I saw my son walk into middle school, mm-hmm. it hit me like a freight train. I was in the parking lot of the middle school and I watched him go through those doors. I get choked up still. <laughs> I think about it and I think to myself, he's growing up, he's growing up and I don't really have anything. <laughs> right you know when they go off to school um what am I going to do with myself and that is when I signed up you know to take the courses to get my license and that kind of started the whole thing that's awesome and I remember and I remember you early on you invested and you went through our ninja installation and that's where I met you and uh, I can remember you setting the gold card and I think you know this is something that I think maybe some of our listeners right now maybe be maybe are in your shoes at that time where they're brand new. And I can remember the conversation saying, I've never done this before. And this is such a big number. Yeah. How's that going to happen? And I mean, talk a little bit about that because you had, but you, you dealt with that voice. Yeah. And it's funny because just the other day I was cleaning out my office and my little card fell out, you know, my very first one that I filled out and I looked at it and I thought, Oh, that's, that's so neat. You know, like at the time it seemed so big and, and now it doesn't seem big anymore, but it, it's, it, it really is. It still is big. Right. It's a big deal to be able to do that. I was probably 
the worst poster child for not wanting to do ninja of anyone you could ever <laughs> when when I first started and they told me oh you should do this you know the managing brokers and stuff were saying you need to do this and I thought I don't want to do this I don't want to sit in a classroom for five days and I it's the kind of thing I used to make fun of my husband for all the time like right. oh my god like mindset and team building and blah 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 and <laughs> I was I was had no idea what I was talking about of course but that's what I went in with thinking like this can't possibly do anything for me and I sat down and of course I was completely wrong and within the first day I I did nothing but nonstop talk about it came home talked about it couldn't wait to go back the next day and I, I think it it was that way for me because I had big doubts about my ability to sell anything I have I am not a good I would not consider myself a good salesperson at all every sales job I'd ever had in my life in my youth I failed at. <laughs> it was <Right>. horrible. <laughs> and, um, and I, uh, that was a little resonating echo in the back of my head, always saying, yeah, you've picked real estate. This could be really fun. Not good at sales. And, and that was a little thing eating away at me. But then when I went to Ninja and I realized it's really not about sales at all, it was all about service. And I thought, well, I can do that. I love that. I'm, right. I'm good at that. I've been serving my kids for, you know, <laughs> how many years and meeting everybody's needs and, and doing all other kinds of little businesses and things that were all service-based things. And I thought, I can do that. And so as the Ninja Week wore on and more and more things came out, it, it just it just meshed so completely and authentically with kind of how I go through life anyway, that by the last day, I was like, I'm in, I'm in, I can do this. This is going to be good. I still had doubts and I still do today. I think we all do. We have doubts right. about, you know, whether or not, I, I had them the other day. I was talking about it that, gosh, you know, now I have people that I work with that I've, that I've employed that work for me and who are, who are relying on me to do well, Counting and I on can't you. let them down. And that's pressure. And am I going to be able to do it? And all of those things, they're still there, but um, that ninja base gives you a skill set. So when the days that you don't feel inspired for this work, and there are days you don't feel inspired when you feel beaten down by whatever's going on, you can still rely on that skill set. You don't have to be inspired every single day. You don't have to wake up saying, I'm gonna knock it out of the ballpark today. I'm gonna go out there and make my 20 calls and be super productive and get everything. I mean, all you have to do sometimes is just get up and start yep. the day and you know, maybe check a couple of boxes if you need to kind of phone it in for a couple of days, that's okay. And the inspiration will come back. But because you have that skill set. Yes. You don't have to rely on inspiration alone. And I think that's really how I've been able to sort of endure and keep going and not feel, um, uh, ever feel really burned out right. that much. Anyway. Well, and I remember, I remember our conversations early on because you also invested immediately after Ninja invested in coaching. In fact, you're one of our slides. We actually still use in our Ninja installations. It's you <laughs> shoveling manure with headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I remember the call, but when you said, Mike, this is so much stuff that you're talking about here. How am I going to remember it? I said, well, just think about something that you don't typically enjoy on any given day and just put these headphones on and listen to the class. And you did that. But I think what, what you said, it's not that you're going to be motivated. You establish really good disciplines and you establish and you understand strategies and you implement those. And that's what gives you that motivation. And you also show up. I mean, you have a consistency of just showing up, which I think is huge. Yeah. It's a big deal. Uh, you know, I learned that. So years ago, what I studied in college was theater. So I was in acting for, for quite a few years before I had my kids. And even after I had my kids, I still did a little bit. 
And one of the things I learned in, I went to graduate school for, for theater. And one of the, the basic things I learned there is if you think you're gonna be inspired in your acting you know, right. every single day, you're wrong. You're it's, wrong. If you think about it, you know, think about Broadway performers, right? I just was never on Broadway, but think about a Broadway performer. They're doing the same performance every night, 365 days out of the year. You're not gonna feel inspired every single day to sing that song or, or make that connection on stage. They have to rely on a skill set and a craft behind that. So some days you hit your inspiration, some days you don't, but the audience doesn't really know the difference. Exactly. And um, I think that's kind of where that discipline came from, from me. Yeah, me. I love it. And, you know, and, and also and, and your drive. And so the other thing, too, that I, I realized is that, and we teach this in Ninjas to have a why. I remember we had a conversation about... Um, your daughter specifically and with in the mm -hmm. equestrian world with horses and she yeah. does well she and I don't know if she still does but it was dressage yes. right well she does she actually does a sport called vaulting which is uh, I do dressage she does vaulting and vaulting is gymnastics and music uh gymnastics and dance to music on horseback yep and so it, it's a beautiful sport it's a very athletic sport and she's very committed to it she's been uh, training very hard since she was a uh, about 11 12 years old and she's 21 now and she's She's still competing. I love that. And I, and I know that you said you really wanted to make sure that uh, you gave her the ability to do that. And it was going to be expensive because yep. the facility, the training, the horses. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that, you know, motivated you. And then also you saying, you know, hey, you wanted to take some pressure off your husband, right? To yeah. be, uh, and so tell me a little bit about your why, you know, and, and yeah, what my, kept you going. Why, my why is super strong. I will say that that my why is very much in the forefront of my head almost constantly. And I I I love my why. And so I, I don't feel <laughs> I don't I don't feel pressure from my why. You know, it it's it's what make it's what motivates me. There are days when, you know, it's it's hard to negotiate or somebody's being mean to you or you know, or you just can't get your point across. And and that why is just always this undercurrent. And so for me, horses horses are a huge part of my life. They were a huge part of my life growing up and I wanted them to be a huge part of my life, um, my married life and, and my kid's life. And, um, but they're expensive. It's an expensive sport. And when I was growing up, my parents supported me doing it, but they really didn't know anything about horses and they didn't know what it would take to support me at the level that I really, really wanted. And so I, it was a seminal moment, really, when I went off to college, and my parents really couldn't afford to have me go to college and have a horse at the same time. And I had to say goodbye to that sport. I had this little thing inside of me that said, someday I'm going to do it again. And I'll be able to do it forever. Nobody, right. nobody will ever put a budget on me. Nobody will ever say I can't have this kind of horse, or I can't compete in this kind of area, or I can't do this for my kids. And so that was a huge moment for me as a, you know, 18, 19 year old, and it stayed with me. So when I went through Ninja and started realizing that I could be successful, um, that was there for me. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And so I put that on my affirmations and I said it every day. And, um, you know, we, we did it, we did it. So now one of my first affirmations, and it seemed like such a huge one at the time was I wanted to have two or three competition horses mm -hmm. and now we actually have four competition <laughs> I, oh, I never thought it. in my in my <laughs> life I'd have you know even one competition horse like at the level that we have them and now I've got four and it's it's a dream come true every day really I love is. that and, and I love that and I love the fact that you you had those as affirmations and they stayed in your for, forefront of your mind we call that uh, strategic remembering right is where 
that is something that motivates you on a daily basis. And, and you also, wove, I, what I loved about it is early on, you, 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 wove, you weave that into your business. So you said, hey, Michael, is there this equestrian thing? And, and at the time when, we were, when I was working with you, I said, well, we kind of have these real estate agents that call themselves equestrian real estate agents, but we don't really have a program for it. And you said, well, that's got to change. And you rolled up your sleeves. Tell me a little bit about building that. I mean, and it was great. Yeah. You brought people together. Yeah, when my, let's see, when my little boy was three and my daughter was six, we bought our first horse uh, equestrian home. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I wasn't in real estate then and I made a whole gob of mistakes about that home, learned everything the hard way, you know, wound up paying double for things I shouldn't have because I didn't right. know better. And, um, and when I got my license, that was my real estate license, I thought to myself, like you said, it would be so great if there was a program that supported people like I was years ago, you know, people who needed advice on what type of property to buy, who could understand my goals as an equestrian homeowner. Um, and, and those goals can be very different from, you know, just somebody wanting to get their kid a pony from 4-H to somebody who wants to have, you know, international competitions. And so um, I thought, wouldn't it be great if Windermere had a program that could support agents that could then in turn support that service for our right. sellers and our buyers. And I, when I dug in and saw the, um, the statistics, I noticed right away that Windermere already had the market share in that demographic. We already did. But there wasn't really a program that would support us to continue to have that market share or to gain to grow that market share. Right. So that's what my inspiration was, was a service-based program. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it, it I assembled, you know, a bunch of great uh, agents who had similar goals and, and, you know, we're all horse people. We all really love this niche. It's a challenging niche for sure, but we love it. And, um, and now Windermere has this, this, this great program. I think it's great called Windermere <laughs> Equestrian Living. And I think it's getting ready to launch its new, um, its new program and it's going to be really spectacular. I'm very, very excited and, and very grateful that Windermere was the kind of place where I could take an idea like that and they supported it. And, and I'm still in awe of that. And I was just talking to the people in marketing the other day and I was getting choked up because I, I'm just in awe of the fact that they liked the idea and that they support it and are growing it and are, are now able to take it to the next level. So I can refocus and make sure that I can stay focused on my business and my clients. Well, and you know, and I think it's a, the lesson that I took away from that is when you can when you can see something in your mind, you can hold it in your hand, you can manifest what you want. And you had a clear vision of what you wanted to do and uh, and you didn't let anything stop you. And so um, I think that's, you know, and, and that's the kind of the message to a lot of people listening is, you know, if you have these dreams, you have these ideas of what you wanna do, if you assemble the right people and look for the resources, you can make it happen, right? You can absolutely make it happen. So good for you. I mean, that, I, I loved it when that happened and you put it together and I could just see the joy that you had in doing so. So, so now we fast forward, right? So, so you started working and, I, and the, I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, so in your seven years, um, as years go on at the beginning of the year, um, how do you deal with the voice? Because I know the voice pops up <laughs> from time to time, right? That says, oh, but what if we don't do like we did last year? What if this happens? Yeah. How do you deal with that voice? Um, I think I deal with it a couple of different ways. You know, one is that why never really dies with me. It's, it's always there. And the why tends to overpower the negative voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so eventually the why wins out and, and, and that's good. Um, 
but also, I mean, I talk to people, I've got great friends. I've got great friends who are agents, you know, they're, you know who they are and yes. <laughs> your friends too. <laughs> and when I get feeling like, I don't know if I can do this. What if I have a bad year? What if, you know, what if I don't make my goals? Um, I talk to my other friends because I always, it's very easy to look at other people and think it's so easy for them, or they never have these voices or they never, they never think negative things. They're having, they always have a great year, but they do. They, they crawl into, in, into a hole and doubt themselves yes. too. And so when you see other people who are successful, it's, it's um, help. It helps me to be able to just verbalize that just to have a glass of wine with a friend who gets this business and it's easier for them to kind of see what's going on with you sometimes than what's going on with yourself. So that's a huge help to me. And this can be a very isolating career. Absolutely. You know, it, um, you can be all by yourself in your office or in your, in your home, trying to do this, trying to, trying to make this happen for yourself. It's not like other sort of corporate jobs where you go into work, at least pre COVID you'd go into work mm -hmm. and you'd have other people there. And if you're having a down day, you might, you might get bolstered up by the people around you. It's not like that. You have to seek that out or it doesn't happen. Well, and I, and I think you're so true in that uh, when we talk about a reference group, and I know uh, a lot of the people in your reference group because they're mutual friends. And mm -hmm. I think that they're people that ask more of you sometimes than you ask of yourself, right? And they, yeah. and they hold you accountable. Also, yeah. know you have really great owners with Amy and Courtney. I mean, they're investing yep. in your success. And so yeah. I, I think you, you bring a good point is that, you know, for anybody who struggles, one of the questions we always ask people is, you know, what's your sphere look like? You know, who, who are the people around you? Because you can't be successful in a vacuum. You can't be successful in isolation. And I think it's great that you have that. And that's one of the ways to, to look to other people to help you. So um, good for you. I mean, and keeping that. And, and I have to think, you know, just as you said that about them, I guarantee you they're saying the same thing about you. I hope right? so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that they feel they can lean on me. And you know what you said about your owners, your managers is very true too. And I got lucky because when I first interviewed at Windermere, it was with the wonderful Thadine Bach, who I, I, I still adore. She's amazing. Really yes. Amazing. And she really set a tone for me. Mm -hmm. And I had an expectation um, uh, of what a, a managing broker should be like after meeting Thadine. And every managing broker I've had, I've had Courtney and Amy um, really the majority of the time, mm -hmm. um, I had that expectation and they deliver it. And so it, it helps tremendously to be able to go to them and say, just like I did, you know, last year saying, I think yep. I'm going to have a bad year. <laughs> Is that okay? Right. <laughs> and, and for them to say that they believe in you. And that's what I took away from Ninja too, you know, from going from somebody who was so thinking, oh, pshaw, this couldn't possibly help me <laughs> to right. the last day of Ninja and knowing the support that's there, that, it was huge. That's huge. I don't know how people actually do this career if they don't have owners or managing brokers who support them. I really don't. I agree. I agree. It's, it, you know, it, it takes a village sometimes, so to speak, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Of all of us working together, which leads me to my next question. So this is interesting. So here we are. So you, you had uh, your best year in 2020. Yeah. And, and the reason why this is such a, a great story is because we have a lot of people that, you know, in this business, we, you know, when Ninja, we teach, um, you know, we, we teach you activities that are easy to do, but they're easy not to do. And we know if those activities are done consistently, that you're, mm -hmm. you're going you're gonna to develop business and have what we call a referral mindset, referral business. So I love it. So here you go to your owners and brokers and say, you might not have a great year, but yet you've installed these systems and processes that you do consistently. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about that. And then you have a phenomenal year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to give credit to um, my 
new assistant who I hired, Allison Green, she started in March. So right after I had that conversation with, with Courtney and um, Amy, Allison, who had been a client of mine, I had sold her farm down in Gig Harbor, um, and it was a challenging sale, and we had lots of ups and downs. It was not a, a, an easy situation for her. Um, she liked our relationship, and she liked what she saw, and she <laughs> liked the service that she got. And she came to me, and she said, you know, it's actually a beautiful story. She said, now that I've sold the farm, it's the first time in my life, because she'd had that farm since she was 12 years old. She said, it's the first time in my life that I've asked myself, what would I like to do if I didn't have to train horses all day? If this what if I didn't have to manage a farm all day, what would I like to do? And her answer was still train horses, but also, you know, work with Kiana. <laughs> so, um, she asked if I would be willing to take her on and, and get her trained and work together. And I said, sure, let's do it. And so I think Allison came to me just at the right time when I was feeling a little bit um, tired. And like I said, I'd had these orthopedic surgeries and I was healing and all of that. And she came and she really supported me and kind of breathed some fresh air my way. Yes. Um, and I, I have to, I continually um, have to push myself to make sure that I'm implementing those skills, those ninja skills, because I'm teaching her now. Right. And um, she, you know, it's not fair to just have her looking at me like, okay, boss, what next? <laughs> yeah, what say, do we do? don't feel like it. I'm just going to stay home today. I can't do that. You know, I have to be talking to her about the, you know, what's your sphere like? Let's look at your sphere. Are you making your phone calls and are you connecting with people? And you know, you don't have to go out there and sell every day, but are you connecting with people? Are you right. broadening your sphere? Are you letting people know that you have this new skill set now? And she is. So that's, I don't know if that answers the question, but that no, really does last year a lot. Well, and I think you bring up, I think you bring up a great point is that, you know, I always say to people, if you want to understand something, go teach it. Yeah. Right? If you want to really understand how to implement something, be able to teach it because once you're able to teach it, you understand it. And I think that's mm -hmm. great. And the other piece that I think that you bring up is, is wonderful is that there's a lot of agents sometimes that think they kind of plateau or they just can't seem to get to that next level. And they really mm -hmm. struggle with this whole concept of, well, now I got to hire somebody, I got to pay them and I got to bring them on. And I don't know if I want to do that, but then they need to, because that's the next level that they go to. Yeah. And you did that. And by, in doing so, right. And, and consistently running your habits, uh, you went to another level. I mean, you yeah. took your business up again, which is, I mean, that's what it's about really at the end of the day is, you know, to be able to provide that level of service that you want to provide and also do it without, you know, burning yourself out. Yeah, I think the first time I did that was when I got a transaction coordinator. Mm -hmm. So um, when Paige started helping me with that, my, my business bumped up because automatically I was freed up to do the things that I'm good at doing, you know, right. which is connecting with people and the service. I could be out in the field, talking to people, looking at their farms, walking around with them, doing all of that and not worrying about setting up a contract or, you know, getting my marketing in the mail. And once I had Paige on board, it was such a gigantic relief that then, you know, having Allison come on board was kind of a no brainer. It's like, okay, great. We can, we can do a lot more together. And so now, and so now what are your goals for 2021? Well, we, we want to continue to grow the business. I mean, I've got financial goals. We've got, you know, equestrian goals. And the, the neat thing about having Allison with me is she's an equestrian too. So, you know, we're just aligned. She gets it. I get it. Um, we're both in those worlds. So it's fun for us. Um, a, a goal that I've 
just decided to do. I haven't even shared with Allison yet. You're the first one to hear it. <laughs> oh, I it, love it. Um, you know, I'm on a lot of the, the, the Facebook groups, the social media groups for real estate agents only, and I'm hearing a lot of concern over the fact that, of course, it's a seller's market and it's just really, really tough for buyers. And a lot of agents are not wanting to work with buyers right now, right? You get a phone call from a new client and you hear it's a buyer, you get a pit in your stomach because yep. you know it's going to be really, really tough. No matter what their price point, no matter what kind of buyer they are, it's going to be challenging. You're a lot of competition. Yeah, a lot of competition. You'll have to, to show them probably a lot of houses. You might lose a few offers before you get one. Um, and it's exhausting. And so I remember reading in The Millionaire Mind years ago that successful people take the thing that nobody else wants to do and, and they do that. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to hunker down. And it's not that I'm not going to focus on my listings. I will. I love my listings. Um, but really focus on my buyers and getting as many buyers in as we can and getting them into a strong program so that we can get them what they want, regardless of their, if what they want is not on the market or on the market, find them what they want. And um, because five years from now, they're going to be listings. Absolutely. You're going, to, you're going to build so, a strong referral base with, with those satisfied buyers. Yeah. So that's what I think I, you know, we're going to, we're going to focus on this year is our buyers and giving them excellent, excellent service and trying to find the needle in the haystack for them. And regardless of, you know, I hear lots of negative stuff about the commissions are really low for buyers. Now they're getting lower and lower. And that's true. I've written offers on 1.5% <laughs> commissions and things like that, but I'm not going to focus on any of that. Right. None of it. Um, I'm just going to focus on getting them a house yep. and that's it. Well, and I love it too. And, and kind of wrap up with this, but um, you know, the other piece of this is just Epic client service. And I think that you provide that level of service. Um, tell me a little bit about your, just your consistency in that world. I mean, you're, you, you, you have systems, whether you're working with buyers or sellers. Yes. Yes. We've got systems and we kind of took the, uh, a spin on the whole client giant idea mm -hmm. um, of, you know, where you can hire a company that, make sure that they're giving those touches to your clients and, you know, showing them some love along the way. And we took that idea and made it our own mm -hmm. and partnered with local businesses so that um, we have a set of, of gifts, if you will, or, you know, items that we give to our clients along the way of a transaction. You know, it may start off with, you know, once they sign a listing agreement with me, maybe it'll, it'll be something at that point. Um, and then along the way, and some of them are practical, just like, you know, like the way Client Giant does, send boxes, yep. do things like that. But they're, they're tailored very much to our brand and to the type of clients that we serve, which is different than maybe your average suburban listing or, or buyer. So Absolutely. they're horse, horse related or, farm related. So we've partnered with different businesses in the area, different farms that have, you know, uh, locally made and locally sourced products. And then we promote those businesses at the same time and vice versa. And they promote me. Um, and, and, and that's, that's one of the things that we do along the way, but lots of communication, lots of handholding over communicating. You know, I've never had a, I've never had a client tell me, stop calling me so much. <laughs> Really, Kiama, just stop it. <laughs> yeah, just don't talk to me as much as you have been. Yeah. 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 Well, and, I, and I'm on the re, uh, receiving side of uh, some of your flow, and I have to say that uh, in all the years that I've known you, you are you are extremely consistent. I mean, it is month, month, month. I mean, every month, yeah. and I and it's quality and it's good information. It's informative. So, um, those are all the pieces, or I guess the the ingredients in the recipe for the success that you've had. Would you say? 
Yeah, consistency for sure. Yeah, consistency for sure. And when you don't, you know, my acting teacher said to me years ago when I very first began acting, he said, if you can't find work, make work. I love it. And I think it's that way with real estate too. When, um, you know, when you're, when you're, when you don't feel like you've got lots of listings to work on or buyers to work with or whatever, you go out there and you preview, you know, of course you have to do it under the, the COVID restrictions now, but you do what you can do with yes. what we have. And, and you are working. You may not have made a check that day, you know, but you're working. And um, so, yeah, if you can't, if you can't find work, make work. And, and that's my motto. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I love it. It's you show up, right? You, you choose to show up. And so if you, any, any, any little nuggets you have for the listeners, if they're new or they've been in the business for a while, anything that you, that somebody told you along the way that kind of gave you uh, inspiration or, or kind of helped you, anything you would share? Um. Well, I think, you know, being consistent and that don't be afraid about having to spend money. You don't have to spend money. My whole first two years, I didn't have the money to spend. Mm -hmm. So use the skills, use the, the, the products and the services that Windermere gives us that are so beautifully done and they're free to us um, to create your, your marketing plan and then be consistent with it. So whether that's an e-newsletter or a blog or something, some sort of consistency, you know, get your three-legged stool out, figure out what are the three different ways I can market, do it within your budget, be really strategic and tactical about it, like a, like a military operation. If you've only got $200 a month to spend on marketing, you have to be very clear about where that's going to go. And then don't give up. If that's the 200 you're doing every month, then if you've got it, you know, cash your coins and be able to make that happen, then commit to that 200, do it every single month. I love it. And I took some notes here, just some takeaways for me, uh, for you is one is uh, you had to have a strong why, have a, have a conviction of where you're going to be. The other one I loved you said is we're all human and we're all going to have that voice. And having that reference group is really, really important to people around you. Um, also know what you're really good at and the things you're not really good at. Uh, you hired a transaction coordinator, you hired an assistant, you, you uh, delegated your ability to not think that you can do it all per- perfectly. Um, and then the other one is just follow your dreams, you know, your dreams from early on as a child with being in that world of the equestrian world with horses and then doing what, and saying, I love it. Nobody's going to stop me from doing it and have competitive horses. And now you have four. And so I think that's, that's a great story. That's a great story. Well, Kim, I want to thank you so much for, uh, for doing this. And, and I hope our listeners got a lot out of it. If somebody wanted to reach out and contact you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Oh, just uh, go to my website, enchantinghomesandfarms.com. And my cell phone's right there. My email's there, Kiyama at windermere.com. And just reach out. I'll always uh, answer. That's great. Well, hey, again, Kiyama, thank you so much. And I just want to close with saying, everybody, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I hope you found some good information out of this. We always like to finish by saying, uh, be awesome and help somebody. And if you like this podcast, please share it, rate us, let us know if we're doing it if right, if we're hitting the mark. And Kiama, I wish you a great week and a great uh, 2021. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for all you've done for me and all you do for all the people that work with you. And, and uh, you're, you're just a huge asset to us all. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Well, we hope you enjoyed our podcast. We want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you found it useful or helpful, please feel free to share it and also give us a rating. Also, if you think that Windermere Coaching might be right for you, 
please feel free to just look us up at windermerecoaching.com. And we'll end by saying this, be awesome and help someone. Make it a great day.